stars from coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Rutten. I'm Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Brothers, brothers, brothers. How are we doing? Doing well. Life is good. <laughs> All of our personalities are coming out already right now. <laughs> Folks who are listening to this, you oh. don't know all of the dynamics that are going on right now you in guys, the studio. You guys do realize we do this every show. <laughs> what? Every show there's this like this reaction to my introduction. That yeah, it's not yeah. Yeah, it's different this time, isn't it? Right, Do you know what my did, reaction is? Because we What's your reaction? Because today we didn't say, and together we, we are, are Rotten Radio. <laughs> so we're waiting for it's our... It's in the outline. Yeah, it's in the outline. We're waiting for uh, it, and then you just like... You just dropped that it. That reminds me, so we had the fundraiser, right, that we did, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember vividly Father Paul saying, yeah, are you ready, Joe? Yep, yep. You're ready, Joe? Yep, yep. You're going to follow the script? Yep. <laughs> and then I got done with the thing, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to do that thing. Oh, that's what Father Paul was talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> so anyways, if you're out there listening... Uh, Please pray for for Joe <laughs> as he deals with his uh, ordained brothers here, uh, that they would have mercy on him and patience oh, yeah. and perseverance like he they do. They're well, actually, I'm going to pray for Laura, his wife. Oh, yeah. yeah there <laughs> she go. needs all the yeah. help you can get, right? right. Well, so brothers, right. we uh, have started to... Advent, yeah, and I love yeah, Advent. This year, I was a little late in getting excited about it. I thought maybe because of COVID and all of the craziness that maybe I wasn't going to be excited about it. But I am. Advent is uh, awesome time. And I love the fact that everybody wants to start Christmas now. And instead of like getting mad about it, you know, put your Christmas stuff away. What are we doing? Like it's Advent, you know, <laughs> like instead of doing that, I'm just like, you know what? Do whatever you want. I love Advent. Right. I want to live Advent as it's given to me. So I'm going to live it. You do what you want. Uh, and so we're in the middle of it and it um, just makes me glad to be a priest. Right. And in a way, I'm so glad for the church because the church is the thing that helps me like keep it all in check. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be just like that too. I'd be, you know, I love Christmas. I already got my tree up. I already, you know, I'm singing Christmas songs. But uh, Advent season, love it. And in a way, it's the opposite of Easter for priests. Easter, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And in a way, the laity, the event of Easter, the lady doesn't do a lot. You know, whereas Christmas, it's the opposite. You guys are just busy. I mean, packages and and travel and food and all of this School. stuff. And then the priest really just has Christmas mass, Christmas masses, you know, whereas for Easter, we have the whole triduum. Right. So for us, it's a really beautiful time uh, because liturgically, it is ordered in a way that we do get to enter into it um, in a real peaceful way. So, loving it. Father Paul? Doing well. We just had our uh, first reconciliation for our little second graders, which is always a great opportunity in the parish, uh, just to be reminded of the importance of God's mercy, but also just to see the kids nervous and excited and when they're done and all of those things. Um, so, it's a, it's a good time. As, and thus, as we begin Advent, it's a good way to start. Well, I uh, am joining you with a second grader 
receiving his first reconciliation. Oh, yes, my eldest Leo now. So now I get to experience this whole preparation and festivities. So we go over to uh, Holy Spirit for first um, first reconciliation. And I take Leo over and nervous. And yeah, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. You know, blah, 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 this and that. And uh, then it's getting ready time. And there's like five, six, seven priests there. And Father John's one of them. And I'm like, who are you going to go to? He was like, uh, no, no. I was like, uh, Leo, are you going to go to Father John? And he was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I completely was not expecting that. I'm like, I would never go to my brother, by the way. Uh, well, but I you did. Say that. Voluntarily. Right, <laughs> voluntarily. That's another story. So uh, anyway, I was like, oh, wow, really? And he was like, Oh, well, yeah, he's my uncle. <laughs> I was ah. like, oh, yeah, he looks at it so different. Yeah. And then uh, I realized all of a sudden, this might go on just a little bit longer here. So it, all of a sudden, a line developed in Father John's uh, confessional. And then I know how this works, right? It's a contest of who's most popular priest in the building. As a child, I remember this. Everybody likes going to so-and-so or that or not, that priest. or And so... I see Father John's line, and I thought, you know what? I don't think his line's longer than everything everybody else's. I think he's just taking longer <laughs> than everybody it. else. Yeah. I think there's something going on. And then I kind of looked around. I said to Adam Flynn, I said, Flynn, you, would you mind going over there and just whispering over that screen to tell him to get a move on it? Because <laughs> my boy's last in line. Oh, no. So I waited and waited. We were the last people to leave the church yeah but because of it we got a picture with father john his god say is his namesake uh so Leo right. was named after him so that was totally awesome let's yep. get this party started fellas. all right we are rutten radio the brothers rutten and you can find us on your in the app store under rutten radio we'd love to have you download that get that put into your uh your app application for podcasting and you can get all of the old episodes and, and brothers i was just taking a look in our our old episodes and i'm like what's eating gilbert grape is in there like you can go oh, back yeah, and track down the movie what's eating gilbert yeah. grape it's all listed and organized thanks, thanks to, to the father tremendous john. gift of father john Joe says, let's do What's Eating Gilbert Grape for next month. I'm like, Joe, we already did What's Eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Like Father Paul said, pray for my wife, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah when you go uh, to the app, it has the episode number, but then in parentheses, it tells you the movie that we review in that episode. So. Right, right, right. So that's great. And then follow us and interact with us online uh, through Facebook. You can do a Facebook uh, or Facebook app. And we love to interact, get comments, thoughts, insights. If you've got movie or the month mm-hmm. recommendations, feel free to throw those in as well. Anything else, brothers? Here we go. Should we roll it out with the movie of the month? Elf! Yay! And it's not the furry little brown creature on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right? Elf. That's Elf. This is Elf. The Great Christmas. Maybe my favorite. What? Really? really? Okay. Oh. Father Paul, would you like to sure. introduce us? After discovering he's a human, a man raised as an elf at the North Pole decides to travel to New York City to locate his real father. Oh. Yep. This is, uh, I would have to say, brothers, that this might be my favorite wow. all-time Christmas movie. Mm. I can't wait it to hear about it. Outstanding. It's so good. That I didn't even critique it. I'm like, I, I, all I do is like quote this thing. Like, just, okay. 
So, yep. Father Paul, you want to kick this thing off for us? Yeah, I think one thing it reminded me, it's been a while since I've just watched a good-hearted movie. <laughs> you know? And so in that idea, you know, and it's very cliche Christmas on purpose. Right. Uh, but I think it really is worth it for all of us uh, to just enter into it and just let the movie be what it is. Uh, it doesn't hide it either. Like, it's blatantly, like, cliche Christmas. <laughs> Because there's no other way to do the movie. Right? I, that's what I like about it. Like, and it's totally Will Ferrell, right? Right, right, so, right, right. Like, that's Will Ferrell. Yep. If you're going to have somebody do the cliche, Will Ferrell's your guy. And that, for me, was the what I really enjoyed about it. Lighthearted, right? Mm-hmm. Fun. Um, and, yeah. and Ferrell is just a hoot. Every, t- every time I even envision him, I think of him. Uh, it, it makes me want to laugh. And then there is a real kind of a human thread, though, that, that did run through it that I really... Oh, yeah have always enjoyed. And that was just this idea of family and who we're connected to yeah. and what connects us mm-hmm. uh, as he goes in a search for his father. father. Yeah. So yeah, it was fantastic. Well, jumping into deeper insights, themes, things that we want to elaborate on here, Father Paul, uh, you got one that you want to kind of kick it off with? Yeah. I mean, I think it is just this reality of the magic of Christmas. It, it's Something that we nurture as we grow up as a kid, you know, when you begin to discover what Christmas is and what it's all about, uh, you really like, you just get into it and and you you don't really see anything wrong with Christmas. It's just this beautiful time. And, you know, at least for most kids, I would say that, that we see it this way. And, and in that is this idea that as we get older, we can sort of lose sight of that. You know, we know about, you know, oh, I got to wrap these bread, you know, you got to get this stuff ready, got to hang the tree lights and all this stuff. And we can lose sight of, you know, kind of the, the beauty of it. But but there is something about the fact that this holiday of all holidays really is just different. Uh, and I think part of it is because it's about the birth of a child. And the birth of a child is always something different. Like I would think, right? Every time you, you give right. birth to a child yep. or your They're wife gave birth, uh, it changes the way we look at things. It changes all kinds of things. Uh, in the midst of that. And then look at, think about how much is tied to Christmas. Music, Christmas mu- movies, music, stories, food, like everything. Nothing right. is, nothing it compares. It like engages our, our entire humanity and our, our imagination. Senses, our imagination, uh, like in this smorgasbord of overindulgence in a good way, I think. Right. Like right. just, like, just suffocates us in goodness. Right. And you, and you see it, you know, like the Gimbel's toy store, like it's the epitome of Christmas and the beautiful toys. But then, you know, Buddy the Elf decorates the whole place even more. <laughs> and so it's got to be even more Christmas. Like, like we just need more Christmas. Not this, like you're not even close. Like, like why not? Like why? Well, let's go all out. If we're going to go, you know, uh, right. there's just, there is something about that. There is. And even in Christmas vacation, right? It's the same concept, right. like this overindulgence. Yeah. Christmas vacation. There's a, there's yep, a runner up for yeah. her. Um, yeah. And so when you look at the balance here between this beauty of Christmas and this overindulgence, maybe in a healthy way of just being saturated with, uh, this spirit, um, you know, maybe just the first place to start is, is that spirit, um, properly ordered. Sure. Is it uh, something that uh, brings me closer to Christ yeah. or is it something maybe that I potentially get lost right. right? in the madness and the melee? Right. And I think this is this real challenge for our culture is to really step back and understand what is it 
that we're really, what is it that we're celebrating? Not that we have to become these, you know, like, like, like Father John was saying earlier, like you can't start celebrating Christmas yet. Uh, but at the same time, I, I always feel bad for people when Christmas comes and they instantly take everything down. Mm. And I'm like, well, we still got, we still got some days of Christmas left people, right. but because they've sort of started early, they're just tired of it. Uh, but, but the beauty of it in, in the midst of it. And I think again, uh, can we reapproach our faith with, with a childlike simplicity? Right. You know, it was very evident throughout the whole movie. Buddy had wonder and awe. Right. When he went to, yeah, to yeah, when he yeah, went into New York City, he was just like everything was amazing to him. <laughs> you know, even the gum on the, the railing. He's like, oh look, mm. you know, uh, like just everything. And a child does that to us. <laughs> and I think for us in our faith, we can sort of uh, grow up in a way where we stop having wonder and awe. Uh, and then you go back to your the first reconciliation, and you watch mm. your son, right. and you're like, Lord, could I have that sometime again? Right. Like the 100%. next time, the next 100%. time I have to get in line for confession, could I have wonder and awe about what's about to happen? Hundred percent. Right. And uh, and be excited that I get to go to confession to my brother. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought at the end of that, I was like, you know, we could have taken care of this two days ago at right. home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's like, well, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Uh, well, and there's, so, this, so, and uh, well, side note, isn't it interesting how we could live faith functionally like that? Like we could have just taken oh, this yes. at home and right. we do that in ways sure. as opposed to being a part of a people. No, this is the journey we're taking and how beautiful it is when you're together. Or you could think, I had to wait all that time, you know? I think that. I'm sure parents are thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, like, could we move this along? Or could we say, oh, maybe this is the time the Lord wants to speak to me. You know, for all you parents taking your kids to your first sacraments out there, wow, that's a beautiful time for you to pray about your children and the history. And so, anyway, on to the movie. Yeah, so just Christmas, uh, the season, you know, how do you even approach that? You know, Father John said he doesn't want austerity as the uh, animating principle of his approach to Christmas, where it's like, nope, dang it, we will not celebrate this until until it's the right time, and it's 12 days after. But yet we do know that we don't live in Christendom anymore, as they say. And that we kind of live in a culture that's forming us in an improper way with the seasons mm-hmm. of the year. Sure. The liturgical season does have an order to it. It ought to probably mean something to us. We probably sure. ought to be aware of it. How do you approach the liturgical calendar in the Christmas season or the Advent season without having an austerity that maybe is cold and disenfranchising to people, but yet at the same time also informs people and educates them in a way of life that is Christian in the midst of maybe a growing secular culture? For me, I think it's, am I already aware of God's love for me? And then am I responding? So if I'm aware, like the Lord just has so much mercy on me. Like I am such a, you know, uh, I have so many flaws, you know, I'm uh uh, uh, cotton-headed ninny muggins, you know? <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, okay, guys, this is how we're supposed. But man, I'm so loved. Like, okay, but let's like, how about what do we think about this? You know. So if I, if set first thing is I would say if I respond first to God's love for me, and then I'm proposing, and then secondly, if I'd realize like it's a journey for everybody, so don't have like demand expectations, mm-hmm. but put something out there and take a long journey and realize it takes time for people to understand. It might be our whole lives before we as Catholics really take seriously our own calendar over the world's calendar. Might be our whole lives before it like really makes sense to us all. Ah, we're living by the wrong 
as we see that calendar take us in other ways. So those are two thoughts I have. Yeah, and I think in the movie itself, the the reality as we be, the movie begins when you know, buddy, but he's ev- evidently not an elf. You know, he's big. He's all these things. Um, oh. but, but in Buddy, he he realizes something's not right. And I think for all of us to really, are we willing to acknowledge something's not right? Hmm. Like there's something in me that isn't quite right and I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's his his father, his adopted dad, uh, you know, Papa Elf, who gives him permission to go on this journey to discover his his biological father. Uh, it takes a risk, but to know that that he does need to make this journey. He needs to, to step out. He gives him some advice, you know, a little bit of advice about what you should and shouldn't do and, you know, all the things that are going to happen in the midst of it. Um, and so I do think for all of us uh, in the midst of that, that real journey to discover God the Father, mm. that we really do all have to take this journey. Um, and hopefully our earthly fathers uh, help us go do that. Like to really say, well, you've got to do this. Like you've got to find God the Father uh, in a way that really begins to, to deepen your identity of who you are. So I asked you what I expected to be a practical <laughs> question. <laughs> and right? I went in a different direction. And, and I got a very, um, I don't know if it isn't, it's not that it's not a practical, but it's, <laughs> but I got God's love, start with God's love. And I got, it's a journey of discovery of God, the father. <laughs> right. Like, so what do you... I was expecting, um, well, we, you know, I don't know what I was sure. expecting. I'm just trying to think about the 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 way in which we're we're like technocrats trying to problem solve um, our faith issues. Sure. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm reminded of Tom Larang. Shout out Tom Larang. Tom Larang's always starting everything with the Father's love. Right. And uh, I'm, every time he does it, I'm like, oh, here we are again. Nope, he's right. Like, but yeah. the 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 practitioner in me or the 10, 10 steps to this uh, wants to start somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me that the steps that follow only maybe work if they begin correctly. Yeah. And if we're not beginning with the father's love or with my own love or love of others, now I understand why I struggle sometimes within an Orthodox or conservative, uh, area of the church and the response of myself sometimes as one of those members to people that are more progressive is that I lack charity or sometimes I really struggle with people that lack charity. It's like, they're not, are you starting with the father's love and from the father's love building a relationship with others? And then from there, after a relationship has been built, then beginning the conversation about that person's identity and Mm -hmm. that person's proximity to the father. And then if they figure that out, then I'm not constantly trying to push a hill up a rock or a rock rock up a hill, hill. Mm -hmm. uh, to get them to do something that I'm trying to, you know, I don't know. I just, I just am surprised by your, the, the response, uh, God's love and a discovery of the father. Well, and, and I think this is the age in which we're moving towards is I didn't discover those because somebody told them to me. I discovered them because it's the only thing that works. Otherwise I end up I mean, but when I experience, I mean, think th- think about it. When have you been the best kind of father to your children? When have you been the best husband? When have you been the best pastor? Like, I can just look. I've been the best when I am so filled with the presence of God, when I know right, my identity. Right. And then I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? 
I have I have conviction to tell people truth. Right. Mm-hmm. It never harms them because it comes across just in a different way, you know, or I have patience to not say certain things because it's not helpful right now and mm-hmm. it wouldn't get us, you know, you just that interior like different... freedom, right? This is a lot right. of Jacques Philippe and, and, but that yeah. interior freedom to know and experience God's yeah. love and then to act out of that. Cause really all the things that normally we're working toward and we want to do, even this radio show, like right. what's the point of this radio show? Are we trying to like. Save the world. Save the world. Are we trying to teach people about Christianity? Well, we're not doing a very good job. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess maybe we are, know. but you know, we're not like a content heavy right. nope. show. Uh, are we trying to glorify ourselves? Oh, Rotten Brothers are awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, what is the point? I think this show is best when all of that stuff is consequent consequential. We didn't have a podcast. For the first how many ever years? Oh, we'll be okay. What what's happening? Something happens to us. Like God loves us, and like in this journey, it's rough, you know. All right, and then <laughs> it becomes the witness. Yeah. All right. So yeah, this is uh, well. Fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where, where are we at in our show? So guys? I, I think also though, as Buddy, one of the things that was important in the show was <laughs> it didn't go exactly the way Buddy imagined it. You know, his dad didn't welcome him with great love and <laughs> right. affection, and he keeps telling his dad, "I love you, Dad. I love yeah. you, Dad." And his dad never responds back. Um, but then he he fall, buddy falls in love, mm-hmm. and he sees Juvie, and he's like, "I've got this warm feeling." Like, <laughs> so it's just this wonderful, like, watching Buddy like accept that it's not all going the way it's supposed to, and and yet he still keeps pursuing these things and uh, and mishaps here and mishaps there, and uh, you know, it, it just it was. It, I just always enjoyed watching what Buddy was going to do with the next thing uh, that was presented to him. That's outstanding. I love Elf. <laughs> I'm surprised that you love it so much. I'm not, this isn't my Christmas favorite. Yeah. Uh, and as I watched it, I kind of was like, oh yeah, not my favorite. Uh, I liked it, but uh, I was I was most provoked <laughs> in the whole thing by sometimes when you follow a path, you don't see the connection. You don't know that it's even connected. Only God <laughs> knows it's connected. Yep. And who in their right mind would know there's going to be a connection between three months of reviewing the Lord of the Rings and Elf. I thought we were going in a totally different direction than the Lord of the Rings. And yet here we are at the end of the film. What's the connection? The Central Park Rangers. (laughs) It's got to be a play on the Lord of the Rings. Did you guys catch that? Well, I saw the Central Park Rangers. I did not uh, make the connection to... It's totally got to be, don't you think? <laughs> uh, flush it out for me and I'll... There are four of them. They're the horsemen. They like the way even the videography is on them, okay? And then they're up on that hill. And I had that image of when Frodo, I think it was Frodo and Samwise, they were like down in the thing and they go on the path and and that horseman is down at the end and it like gets up on its back hind legs and like, you know, and he comes after them. <laughs> and then there's a scene. So the four park, Central Park Rangers are sitting up on that hill and they look down and then there's a scene where they like, they like, Giddy up, you know, they like getting up and they turn to the side and they oh, like this. go off. And, and then these like things that are around them uh, fluttle in the wind or something, you know, like their capes and we stuff. Need, and then they have that exegesis. image of them from the back. 
Yeah, and it's yep. the image. All right. And I'm like, so this is need, totally a play. I think Lord Riley. I think Riley or somebody. One of our listeners out there should analyze this for yes. us and see if there is a connection between <laughs> oh, Lord everybody that is watching this. If you oh. haven't watched it yet, watch it and you tell us: <laughs> Is this a play on? The I'm sure it is. Oh, they're they're is making funny. fun of this is uh, the Lord this of the Rings. Is awesome. I know it. I okay. know it. Oh, okay. 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 So uh, the other thing. So the other part about the movie is um, that Buddy is special. I really was kind of touched when they were making fun of Buddy, but the truth of the matter is, it's true. I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and how oftentimes we can perceive certain things in ways that maybe it's just different you know maybe the way it's coming at us there's a different way of looking at it than what we're perceiving but he is special and buddy could think wow i'm special uh and that i would have that it's true i am special but then this other thing kept popping into me is how what's the difference between a movie of truth and a movie like this sure so if we want to propose truth to people what's the role of fantasy and we don't have to have a huge conversation about fantasy, but like coming out of the Lord of the Rings, you don't watch that and worry about whether it's true or not. Right. You know, but we watch this and is Santa Claus true? And how do we live in front of these things? And then I'm thinking, but somehow like every kid has to take a journey through like nursery rhymes yep. and through these things that you say, what's the truth here? It may not be exactly what's on this page of the book or in this video I'm watching, but underneath it, what is the truth of that? And to me, it helped explain something of what we do and why movie reviews have become so much a part of our mission because it helps people not take things at face value, but to take everything that's coming at us and be able to go deeper into what Mm -hmm. is it here that is true, good, beautiful. Yep. Well, we're uh, getting close here to wrapping up the first Half hour of our movie review. I ha- only have one comment. I think the funniest <laughs> part in the whole movie is when Santa shows up <laughs> at the toy store <laughs> and he says, he, he, he looks at him and you can just see he's so excited. And then when he discovers that it's not Santa, he says, you are sitting on a throne of the lies. <laughs> you are a fake. <laughs> and I just lose it every time. <laughs> just picturing uh, you are sitting on a throne of lies. <laughs> <laughs> well, brothers, it's been a good half hour. Uh, I enjoyed Elf. Uh, what would you rate it? A, B, B, B plus. B plus. B plus. Wow. And Father Rutten, Father Rutten, Mr. Professor Rutten will give it an A. Minus. Ooh. And when we come back for the next half hour, I'll tell you why it didn't get an A+. Stick with us as you listen to our sponsors. We'd appreciate you and your support of them. Amen. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. We are your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome. We are the Brothers Rutten, and you can catch us from coast to coast and around the globe. Brothers, I enjoyed the first half hour as we reviewed the one and only, one of the best Christmas movies, Elf. I only gave it an A-, minus though, and I said it's my favorite movie ever, and then I gave it an A-, minus, and I thought, I'm a fraud. Uh, it's not 
necessarily the best. Like Christmas Vacation, like there are so many good ones out there. And Father Paul, you had a list here of like, yeah. Bomb one of the things movies. I was just thinking, I encourage any of anyone listening, you know, at some point before Christmas, just find your Christmas movie. Could be Die Hard. Could be Christmas <laughs> Vacation. Die, did you say Die Hard? Yeah, Die Hard is oh, a Christmas yeah, that's movie. A Christmas right. movie. Yeah, they're right. having a Christmas party at the Nakasaki <laughs> Towers. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Adventures in Babysitting is a Christmas Adventures movie. Adventures in Babysitting, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, A Christmas Story. But I do think it'd be important just to grab one. Uh, just turn everything off, get some popcorn, right. curl up on a couch, and just let Christmas sort of permeate. Because right. everything is still going to be there when you get done watching the movie. But there's just something about it. There really is something about watching a Christmas movie that just puts you in the mood. Because I did see uh, somebody had posted uh, the scene in Christmas Vacation when he gets the lights to come on. <laughs> and it's like Handel's Messiah. You know. So anyways. Uh, but find a good Christmas movie and watch I it. I love it. I love it. I might do Die Hard this year. All right, fellas. Well, why don't we, uh, in our second half hour, we like to kind of break out into some deeper themes, uh, kind of built off of some of the movie conversation. But first, let's do our shout outs. Amen. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, phone calls, emails. Hit us up any way you like. If you want to say hello, if you're like, hey, don't forget me, I'm out here listening, yep. and you want a shout out, you just got to let us know. All right, fellas, who you got for shout outs this month? Uh, the Running Friar. Who? The Running Friar. Who is, who is that? The they follow me on friar. Yep. Facebook or something, and I'm... Who are they? Do you know who they are? It's a, a friar who runs. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Imagine that. <laughs> and this friar is, has a name? The Running Friar. The Running yeah. Friar. Oh, and well, Running Friar, shout out. There you is, go. So that's how you uh, keep from becoming a celebrity priest, is you don't actually tell people who right. you are. And then they don't ever know. You just know. become the running friar, yep. and nobody knows you're the running friar. Uh, there's somebody in this, uh, the Diocese of Sioux Falls, that uh, did that one time. I was out at Augustine Institute with Tim Gray, and all my I got my degree out there. So I was out there with all the students and teachers, and uh, this one gal, like, freaked out. She was like, hey, hey, who's this? And it was, they were freaking out about this celebrity. Well, it was Eric Gallagher. <laughs> He had some youth minister oh, thing, sure. you know? I'm like, oh, all right. So. Yeah. All right. Shout outs, John. Yes. I just want to uh, make a shout out to Dan and Amanda Plates and family. They're from St. Lambert. Uh, just had a conversation with him. He was talking about catching rut and radio. He's a farmer and just talking about how grateful he was for the show. So uh, hello to them and to the kids. And uh, also just think we should maybe give a shout out to the... Um, the house, the I don't know oh, how, yeah, I don't know if they, yeah, and the Johnsons yeah. and just the we, we had a great family, yeah, you know, the Rutten really Radio. grateful for their support of the ministry and of uh, Bishop Dudley House. So, yeah, no, they're they're yeah, they're great. It was a great time. Yeah. Uh, so you too, if you would ever want us to come to your house, <laughs> yeah, uh, look for us sometime again on a. Yeah, that was a great, great time. Really <laughs> and Notre Dame won. Notre Dame won. Oh, man. Man. Dun, dun, well, you made it. They play on Friday, and this is being pre-recorded, oh, yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. want to start tooting right. my horn too all right, early let's, here. Let's jump into some All right, all right, next, next stop. Well, I got to give my shout-out. So, Justin Rust, we got a cousin that's a great sports writer down yeah, in yeah. Uh, Sioux City, Iowa, and covers just some great stuff. We're 
I just love following him, but it's great when you're checking that out. Uh, Bill Miller, my vice president of academic affairs at Mount Marty. I'm telling you what, he came from uh, Ohio or Indiana, India, and and during COVID, he took a new job, came out here. God bless his family still out there. And I just think, wow, it's so good to have great leadership. And I'm so grateful. Give a shout out to Bill Miller. We'll see if he's listening to Rutten Radio. And to John Meyer, another fellow uh, traveler in the leadership circle in Sioux Falls, who has a great podcast himself. And I was listening, I was like, oh, wow. Well, this guy's good. I need to, we need to up our game here, fella. <laughs> so John Meyer, we'll see if, John right. T. Meyer, see if you're out there listening. So with that, Father Paul, deeper insights. What do you want to dig into, jump into, and uh, excavate here in the second half hour of Rutten Radio? Got any thoughts or themes? Um. I guess I think one of the things that's sort of the, the 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 blessing and the curse or the thing that's good or or difficult is the importance of family and really helping us find our place in the world. Uh, you know, the movie Elf is based on that idea that he he didn't know who his dad was and um but that our identity ultimately is rooted in Christ. And so how do you help people come to a place where they can really discover Christ mm-hmm. at work in their life uh in a way uh, that they can see who they are, but that it must be lived in community. Right. Like you can't discover who you are in isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this idea of, you know, your family, um, and sometimes the holidays are a difficult time for family. Right. You know, I mean, we talk about all the great things and all the joy and all of that, but it isn't always that uh, a place where people, you know, have all great happy memories. Um, but it, it's still this idea that Christ still wants to come. You know, St. Paul speaks about that in the first letter of the Corinthians. He talks about that we're all part of one body, um, you know, and, and so how does that work? Like, how do we see each other in our own, even when we disagree with each other, that we, we're still connected uh, in the midst of all of that uh, uh, for us? Um, so I do think it's it's an important part for us. Right. I When I, wa- <laughs> when I watch it, I just try not to take a note. Oh, like sure. I'm, it just is so hard when you're, when you know you're trying to analyze it to just freely watch it. Um, and so I just said, I'm not taking anything except for quotes. <laughs> just going to write yep. down a bunch of quotes. There's so many good quotes in here. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me was that family thread and the importance of a father and a mother, the importance of brothers and sisters, the importance of having a, a community that you call home. And sometimes that is blood, right? DNA. And I think that you know, I uh, would assume that that has a whole nother dimension to it, but adoption too, right? Mm-hmm. Adoption is that place in which uh, a family can be created. And yep. uh, and this isn't just new to our generation, right? The Jewish people had all kinds of op- places, even in, in ancient history, where people could be adopted in, right? Grafted on, actually. Yes. St. Paul, right? He says that the Gentiles are grafted on to the, to the Jews. Right. Um, but what is that family? Why is it so important? And two things stuck out to me. One is the value of, uh, of stability mm-hmm. in, um, in anchoring in or growing those roots into the community. Right. And, and then they can, we live in a world really that is, that is struggles to, to invest in stability. We're moving jobs quicker than we ever have before. Uh, we move houses quicker than we have before. We move, it just seems like there's a real lack of stability right. for one demographic, and then on the other demographic, stability is really for for maybe if there's a divide in America between rich and poor, if you will, like kind of uh, 
if you're if you're on that economically difficult part, stability is a thing that essentially you're looking for. Mm-hmm is a place to call your own and not to have to move or children moving from school to school because they can't find a, a, a common address. So stability and the value, and I've really learned that a lot at Mount Marty, the Benedictine value of core value of community, but it's really rooted and developed through their virtue of stability and it's tied to the land. Mm-hmm. It, it matters. So you're, and then the second thing is, what does the family do for you? Once you're anchored into the community, what does it do? And that it's a place that forms you in virtue. It, it, it trains you in how to be a human and how to do this well. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you find your place and your identity in the world. And I'll give an example of forming you in virtue. And this is where I believe education struggles sometimes. We think that you have to go go to a, sit in a desk to get to learn. And that's not true. Um, but I was maybe, I don't know, let's just say second grade. It was T-ball type. It was just beyond T-ball. Ron Heitzler and us, and we are down there at Colville Lake in the North end playing baseball and, um, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. And Ron, my good friend, Ron Heitzler, shout out to Ronnie was on the other team and their team, hit the ball and Ron was going to score and I was the catcher and we threw got threw him out and tagged him out at home plate. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, "Woohoo, you know, I'm the catcher and my best friend who's a really good athlete too and like real competitive, he gets a we got him." And I remember saying, "Yeah," shouting and screaming and thinking, "Oh, we got him," you know, and um I didn't even get to the dugout before I heard a "Joe, come here." And I'm like, and I turn around, it's Shelly, our sister. Oh, I don't even know if she knows this. I didn't, I don't even know if I knew she was there. Uh, And I go over to the fence behind the catcher, behind home play. And she says, don't ever do that again. Wow. You do not show up somebody else when you play. Never in my life have I forgotten. <laughs> really? I've yep, never even heard yep. this story that before. That is family. Stabil- she, we had a stability where I was capable of recognizing her as an authority in my life. And she spoke with authority. And she formed me. She mm-hmm. trained me that you don't show people up. You can celebrate, but you don't do it in their face. Right? You can be excited, but you don't. Uh, there's a way in which person wins well yeah you could have just let the play speak for itself right, and be excited and, and then, do a yeah. fist pump back to yeah. the dugout but you don't need to turn to him and yeah. like Woo-hoo, we got gotcha, you you know <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. that's what i must have done right. because she was not a happy camper right and that's the connection that i see with alf right he's looking for a place to call home he's looking for a place that can form him in love and in which he can find his place in this world and I think it's why I believe so much in the value and virtue of uh, a family. We really, really want to do all we can personally to strengthen our families. And Mother Teresa says it best, right? If you want to give happiness to the world, go home and love your family. Mm-hmm. Father John, thoughts on uh, themes? We were, we were just chatting here on other deeper themes that we're excavating into. Yeah, the the need for the spirit— and a reduction that ends up being mechanical. Uh, I was struck that the sleigh flies 
by Christmas spirit. <laughs> and that when it can't fly by Christmas spirit, they make it a mechanical flight. So they add on oh. the booster underneath and they can make fly by there, but it's originally supposed to fly by spirit, yep. uh, Christmas spirit. And it seems to me something of the church, you know, the church thrives, the church moves, the church grows, the church flies through the Holy Spirit. By the gift of the Holy Spirit in the world, the church moves. The Christian grows and knows its path through the gift of the Holy Spirit. But without that gift, it's possible for us to mechanicize everything, to make it all mechanical. This is what you do that, you know, kind of like you were saying before, okay, (laughs) you gave us like love like well no like tell me the things right. i think we live in that age we're we're a very practical scientific like tell me the steps here's the rules uh and so you can do that but it's different right and and the need to at a certain point go back and say okay we have to figure out how this thing flies by the spirit or we can't sustain this anymore. All our equipment keeps dying. All our edifices keep falling. You know, the the institutions are crumbling. I think that's that transition to the apostolic age or to this new age that we're entering into of the church where all of the old structures aren't going to be ours to inhabit or aren't always going to be there to make it work. And um, and the spirit really is alive. Oh, and there's nothing ex- more exciting than when you see it worked. And the slate takes off and then like, but sometimes you don't know the connection to what made it happen, right? right? So in the sleigh, Santa doesn't understand that that boy just talked to his dad and got his dad to sing. Right. He's not singing. He's just opening his mouth. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to say that at church sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're not singing people. And really in a practical way, so this is what I was leading right into, is somehow like music is connected to that. And I long for a parish that sings. Yeah. I don't know how to make it happen. I know there are times that it happens, but it is a different experience when everyone sings. So it's what, totally different. Uh, and there's the a lay beauty. member of the community here. <laughs> yeah. I will give my priestly brothers uh, a bit of maybe my insight. And that is um, not that you were doing this, but as I sit in the pew, I think that the best thing you can do is speak to me and invite me to consider why, why I don't, why I do, why Mm -hmm. not tell me, I really wish you would sing. Well, all right. Yeah. I wish you would sing because, and then have we ever thought about why we don't, what is that thing in me? What's going on there that says, I don't want to. And I'll tell you right now, there's times I just did it on Sunday. I was like, I don't feel like singing. You know, grumpy or honor or whatever else. I was like, I'm not singing, you know. And then, you know, it's like, well, all right, what's in me? You know, me now, I this is just my personality. You tell me to sing is definitely 100% not going to get me to sing. But if you do invite me to think, why, don't, why aren't you singing? I have to now take that with me everywhere I go. And that's the process by which Socrates tells us the examined life is the one worth living, right? Because as you examine it, then you begin to get to the root causes by which you personally, not because somebody else is trying to to tool you and make it. So anyway, that's just uh, sitting in the pew. My, uh, my sort of rebuttal to that is, why is it so easy for you to sing the Notre Dame fight song? Right, because, I pa- because of but, passion, like... But, 
But right. again, so you will sing. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Right. And, and so you, what I want you to do is I'm just saying, help me get to that place of reflection that says... Well, because part of the challenge is you've been to a game and you can understand the importance of all of that. Like, you've been to that. But again, the challenge is so few people have ever experienced when a congregation really sings right, to understand, right, right. like, oh my gosh, this is what they're talking about. That even if I don't oh, have a very uh, good voice... I can still participate, and it still is going yeah. to to turn out well. This is this is good. I agree with your method. Okay, I totally agree with your method. I'd like to consider what it's like as a priest that everything is my job to get you to do what should be done. So yeah. j- just like think about this in regard to singing. Okay, right now you're saying Father priest pastor you don't propose it right or you need to find you need to do it like, i'm not okay? i'm saying I'm just, you want me to sing yeah as a teacher yeah. yeah as a teacher you're saying as a priest I, i've spent 22 de- two decades teaching right doing this with 19 year olds and 18 year olds instead of grown adults and everybody else if i want my students to do something how am how how can i best go about facilitating that that's all i'm proposing i'm not saying oh it's all on you to make me sing oh no but if you want me to sing, might I propose a Socratic method? That's all I'm proposing. I'd just so like for all of, I would like for us all to really just consider if this is the way that it happened. Now, it may be right, and maybe the way the priest lives with his parishioners is totally wrong or unhelpful. But I'd just like to consider that this is really the method that everybody lives in front of everything in the parish. Um, so regard to adult formation or in regard to uh, religious education or regard to liturgy, everything is uh, you make me want to do it. Like this is so does that make sense? I mean, I think this is I agree with the method. I agree. If I want people to sing, I'm listening to you. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why Like, I need to figure out how to do it. But imagine what it is to be a priest, and it's my job to figure out what thing will get you to do everything that we're doing in the church, like in front of everything. It's like, this is exhausting. Sure. It's like this constant like thing. I, I guess in one sense, it's sort of like this. At some point, you're going to get to a point where you're not, you're either going to say to Leo, I'm done telling you what to do. And you're gonna just have to do the right thing, or you're like, when are you gonna figure this out, Leo? Like, so it's this perpetual always having to raise a kid, like it oh, never I, ends. You know what I mean? So right? this is this real question: like, at what point does Christianity mature to the point that the individual Christian begins? So there's a to frustration live, here. The individual begins to live before it. Yeah, I think there is a real frustration, and I think COVID has opened it up in a way that. What's like, the frustration? Uh, the frustration is that um, um, the frustration is the, that we, I think it's that we all want people to live the life of the church. We want what's good. Um, but it, but we're sort of at the end of our bag of, tricks. I don't want to call them tricks, but I mean, you get the point because it's not a trick. I mean, it's a real honest attempt to get everybody well, to it's live. the same thing to go back to the answer about uh, Advent and Christmas and seasons earlier, right? I wasn't expecting the love of the Father. Yeah. And that's what you gave me, right? I yeah. was expecting a bag of tricks. 
What's that? I was expecting the bag of tricks. Yeah. And and it's kind of like, you know what? I don't know any tricks. And so, I mean, I think you're right. I definitely want to say, I think you're right in regard to the method of education, that to get people in a certain place, there's a way to get them there. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what we as priests, as the church, because it's not just priests. It's like those that are working for the church. You know, you've been there. 100%. Imagine that. Everybody that comes, it's your job. Now, you were particularly gifted and you are gifted in a certain way that things work for you. You do have the ability to like really be successful. Um, but in general, it's it's like what role does a person have to make a commitment to something or is it always the church's the organized parish job to make things enticing enough that people will invest to like do the thing that brings about the fruitfulness of Christianity. Now, maybe we just need to learn how to have a proposal in front of people. I don't know. We're kind of like way off yeah, in the no, woods, but it's a real good. thing. This is real. It's a real. So do you feel like the weight of parish renewal is on your shoulder? <laughs> Either of you? Uh, oh, I don't. Anybody? I don't. To a degree, yes. I mean, I think it's, it, you always point to the one at the top, you know, so the, who's the who's in charge of the parish? The priest. So what are you doing, right. Father? Same thing. What's wrong right. with your house, Joe? 100%. Like, why aren't your kids doing what they're supposed to do? Joe, yep. what are you doing? Come on. Like, what kind of parent are you? All right. There is this real challenge. So again, am, uh, helping everyone say, am I obedient to what I'm called to do? Am I doing what I believe is what I'm being asked? In spite of whether or not, it turns out that way. But the hard part is, is, you know, every Christmas story turns out well. And so it's like, well, when is it going to turn out well? Like, like when are we going to see the fruits of this labor, uh, you, you know, in such a way? Or, um, And the other hard part, again, not to, to beat this, is you, you work and work and work and work, and then they move you to a new parish, and you got to start all over right, again. Right, 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 right. So then you're like, what? I just got this figured out. Like, But... It, but I do think it is important for all of us to really say, what is my role in in spreading the gospel mm-hmm. and making Christianity um, part of our life? So, um, the uh, yeah, this is this is worth uh, uh, what do you call it? Parking lot, putting this one in the parking lot. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and for- and part of it is. Uh, a cultural thing and maybe what is being expressed here is just that we're together in this that it's not but for us to really pay attention to I was just talking with somebody uh, about the fact that um, uh, what it's like when you're responsible for the success of things but other people aren't aware of their need to say yes to so we were having small groups and and the place where the small groups thrive are the places where everyone is committed to the small group well how do you get people to realize like you need to commit to the small group uh or you need to commit to come into something imagine if if you know you had so then it's is you know i don't i don't know like i also know that we live in an age where you can't expect everybody to always be able to do everything all the time but for us to realize, like, wow, we commit our lives to these other things, but if we never commit to Christianity, then, and then maybe the thing we're learning is, okay, what is it that you commit to? Maybe we need to, like, be simpler about the things, you know, even Sunday Mass. Like, do I commit to Sunday Mass? Uh, this is the place, um, well, 
I don't know. It's a big conversation. We're way and yeah, this is another this is another good. place. So I would say uh, the 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 last thing that I would say with it all is there's the code of the elves, and maybe this is sort of the things that we need to come to as a church over the next decades is like what's the code of the church, like community. Do you belong to a place that you are committed to? Is there a church family, a people that you're committed to, that you allow to speak into your life? That you make, that you return to, that you stay, even if things don't go the way you want. You know, the, the, like, right. do we need a code? Right. Game on. Uh, but the code of the elves, you know, treat every day like Christmas. This is what <laughs> when 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 you realize the gift of being a child of God. Every day is like Christmas. Every day is like uh, this newness. And every meal is candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, as we kind of wind down, this uh, this went fast, fast half hour here um, on Rutten Radio. You're listening to Father John Rutten, Father Paul Rutten, and myself, uh, Professor. I suppose I can. I can't believe. I remember the sisters always calling you guys Father John and Father Paul, and I'm like, just call them John and Paul, please. You don't need to. And now I'm like, oh man, I keep calling them Father John and Father <laughs> Paul now. I gotta, well, it's been a good half hour. I appreciate your honesty and that vulnerability there to say, you know, there there can be tight hot spots uh, for all of us in our work and our ministry, and and obviously, uh, kind of being vulnerable there is great. Final thoughts as we wrap up in this uh, last half hour of Rutten Radio and the month of December, Advent, Christmas is down the road and coming, but we're not there yet. Uh, share with me a thought or insight or or something that sticks with you here as we wrap up about Advent and your preparations. Yeah, in spite of everything, I say encourage people to just try to live Advent. Like just, whether it's simplify a bit, whether it's just Mm. slow down a little bit, find a few minutes of quiet, get an Advent wreath, light a candle, uh, listen to some music or something. But I think really in the midst of all of this, to just try a little bit to open yourself up to the spirit of Advent. Amen. Yeah, and I'd say to tie the whole thing together, Advent is a time of coming. And so I have this huge desire for for my people. I have this huge desire for the universal church. I have this huge desire that we would live something beautiful and profound. I have a huge desire for people to sing. Uh, but Advent is that time where you sort of have to wait and you're like, uh, wow, I really want this. And I think sometimes it's hard for me to have a desire that can't be fulfilled right now. <laughs> so it's a beautiful opportunity. Right. This is the content with which I get to live Advent. And maybe mm-hmm. I encourage what everyone should consider. Is there something in your life that you want right now, but God isn't giving to you? That's how to live this season. Amen. I want happiness. Well, right. I think that I'm going to leave you with hope. Advent's a great time of yep. hope and preparation. And although you're right, John, delayed gratification is the worst. Uh, patience is definitely something that the Lord's grace can strengthen in me. And I pray that it strengthens it in all those that are out there listening as we wrap up uh, the December episode of Real Presence, or R- Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio. Before we finish with the Rutten family, or the family prayer, um, movie of the month for January. With honors. With honors. Brendan Fraser and Joe Pesci. Great film. Can't wait, fellas. Anything else? Oh, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. 
Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Have a great Advent, everyone.